Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. Now it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Welcome to the final Spotlight Star Wars of 2018. What a year it was. Good, bad, the ugly, the hateful, but also a lot of peace and purpose. And we're going to go into that not here. We're going to do that on the main show. A little preview coming for you. Tuesday, the main show. Celebrate your new year with 
the four center crew, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, and myself. You can take a look back at 2018. All the highlights, the lowlights, the struggles, and the things to celebrate as well as looking towards 2019. Hey, it's the end of the year. That's what you you do, right? You you look back and you you look ahead. So we're gonna do that there. But um, you know, here in Spotlight Star Wars, my monologue from me to you about Star Wars. I want to thank all of you for continuing to listen to this show, to Star Wars Ranked, Star Wars Counseling, Databank Brawl, Happy Beeps, and of course the big show, the main show, the Super Star Destroyer of our fleet, our main show every Tuesday, and then uh, over there on YouTube as we kind of. Uh, you know, put our foot into those waters, uh, you know, 10 years too late. But no, it was weird. This was uh, something that we had talked about doing, but, you know, YouTube, it's a weird thing. It's a weird world. Those algorithms, the, 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 the breaking through that ceiling is, is, is hard. But uh, we decided let's just have our little corner. That's what we do here. This is a our little four-center corner. It's a good place to celebrate Star Wars. Do you love Star Wars? Well, this might be the feed for you. Do you sometimes have questions about it, want to ask and discuss and figure things out? This is the feed for you. Do you just want to hate on Star Wars? Well, this might not be the feed for you, and that is okay. But I'm happy to be with all of you today and continue series here today. Not a uh, not a super size show today, end of the year holiday crunch, no in memoriam, um, uh, no listener memory, all those things that I, uh, you know, added to Spotlight Star Wars this year, and you guys uh, out there, you all took to it, uh, which is awesome. We're going to do more of that and even more with Spotlight Star Wars in 2019, but it's just you and me, a little old school style here today. But I did want to continue this little series we've been doing where I picked the old Return of the Jedi novel off the shelf, written by James Caan, of course, in 1983. Not that one, as we've determined. James Caan, K-A-H-N. There are some surprising insights. Some historic differences. The one we talked about last time out, about the view of Obi-Wan, and the Obi-Wan story to Luke, and the Obi-Wan's backstory, definitely different in the novel. Uncle Owen, his brother, but definitely some details about Vader, molten lava, and a big final confrontation, a lot of it already in place. It's weird with George Lucas, and I've been doing some research lately, working on a project, and it's known, but it's sometimes fascinating when you see all the different clips of George Lucas over the years. There was one time uh, this year, early in this year, following, uh, you know, The Last Jedi, kerfuffle, all the things going on. Something came out about, you know, Mark Hamill saying, well, George had told me, and I don't even know if it was a new quote from Hamill. It might have been something a while ago. You know, George kind of laid out what would have been the sequel trilogy for me. And our friend Chris Taylor, the author of the great book, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, which you should all read if you haven't already, uh, talking about behind-the-scenes stories, and Chris researched a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on Star Wars, and he, he tweeted back to someone, I think even directly to Mark, just like, cool, but I understand George told you, told you that, but when? Because often it is a matter of when George Lucas says something. Uh, you hear a lot, well, I already always had this planned. And then other times there's some evidence to the contrary or some conversations to the contrary. The contrary. Um, I've been really looking at, at Vader. And when, when was it set? 
When was it settled and decided that Vader would be Luke's father? You know, you don't get the sense that that happened prior to A New Hope. And Lucas will now say, I was watching a great interview on the, uh, it's the Chosen One featurette, which I believe is probably some, um, it's Revenge of the Sith special edition stuff, but it is, um, uh, it's on YouTube. You can look it up there. I, I don't, I've never, I had never really seen a lot of the featurettes on whatever version of Revenge of the Sith that, that was. I have an old DVD copy of Revenge of the Sith, which sad to report is now skipping. So I'm going to have to buy a new copy of, of Revenge of the Sith. But anyways, I digress. There was this little feature on The Chosen One, and Lucas is, is very clear that he, he believes Anakin is the Chosen One. So when George Lucas believes it, it's, it's the answer. But I, I think it's still it's open to interpretation inside the Star Wars universe, which is what I love. I, I think Obi-Wan has that belief that Luke is the Chosen One, uh, he tells that to Maul. He is comforting Maul, just kind of like, yep, he's going to go revenge, get some revenge for both of us. You can have that feeling in your head, Maul. It's all true from a certain point of view. A lot of revelations are from a point of view within the Star Wars story. So sometimes it can get confusing. But when you listen to George, he's like, no, Star Wars is supposed to be watched one through six. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that on the main show this week, I do believe, too. That's what George feels. But, you know, he went four, five, and six. Good reason that he did. A lot of reasons why he did. And that makes sense. Um, it's not even a comment on the prequels or anything, but just, hey, yeah, that's the meat of your story. That's what you're going to do. But to, to get me to believe that George Lucas always felt Darth Vader was going to be revealed to be Luke's father, that's a leap I can't make. And I know we got, like, uh, you know, the German word Vater, V-A-T-E-R, his father, and Darth is, you know, kind of its dark father, all those kind of things. Yep, there's all that there. Um, But, but I just don't think that was all in place. But all that to say, George did have a lot of it in his brain. And you look at early drafts, even going back to the Adventures of Luke Starkiller from the Journal of Wills, Star Wars Part 1, whatever it is, a lot of things that show up again in the prequels and in other areas, and even some of the content now, that's the Mon Mothma stuff we're talking about, it was all there in George's mind. So we have to give him full credit for that. You know, you look at something like George R. R. Martin, J.R.L. Tolkien, you know, the double R's, uh, the worlds they created are spectacular. And I don't think George ever got that detailed with Star Wars. I don't think he had the time and at other, other times I don't think he had the interest to do that. But the world is very much in his head and the rules of the world. And sometimes the lack of rules in the world are in George's head. So I'm finding myself consistently more fascinated with what George says, and when he says it. The idea of, you know, there being another character that was going to be Luke's sister would have been interesting. I'm happy with it being Leia, but that was a change, which is also, you know, to, to look at this idea of the sequel trilogy needing an ironclad plan that some people will say, I agree that there should be be something down in the idea in this age of modern filmmaker and tying it to all new canon. That was the the bigger responsibility. Some kind of overarching plan. I understand that being in place. And I still think actually some of that is in place, but not to what everyone expected. That I 100% know is not the case. 
But I think, I think a lot of people within the walls of Lucasfilm are just going off the way George did things as well. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I saw Pablo Hidalgo tweet out one time in response to this question of, you know, a plan, what plan, what's the plan for the Star Wars story? He's like, you know, you know, sometimes you do have a plan, but it's it's written in pencil. You want to go where the story 
needs to go. And I think that that is sometimes uh, uh, forgotten. And I think George changed a lot of things on the fly. But a lot of revelations are back in these novels, particularly this Return of the Jedi one. The New Hope novels, it's a little bit of a different case because the movie hadn't even come out yet. The phenomenon of Star Wars was not in place. Alan Dean Foster is given this early draft of the script, and and he kind of goes off into his own world. So it's a little little different. We're going to take a dive into the Empire Strikes Back novel in the new year, but I just, for my own um, research on something I was working on, picked up the Return of the Jedi novel again. Same one that's been on my shelf since uh, probably about 83, 84, when I got it from uh, Nan's pre-owned books in Arroyo Grande, California, which used to be, I'm reading the address right now, it's printed right here, 1405 Grand Avenue, but if you live in Arroyo Grande, and some of you listening might, uh, they've moved. Uh, <laughs> details from Ken's life that don't matter. Anyways, it's the same one I, I read as a, as a book, as, as the same book I read as a kid, so I, I've been fascinated by some of the stuff that's in here and some of the insight. So today we're just going to do some reading as I close the year out. We're going to look inside the mind of Darth Vader and the redemption of Darth Vader. As we go into 2019, without a doubt, one of the biggest questions in Star Wars is, what will happen to Kylo Ren? Will he be redeemed? Whether they planned it from the beginning or not, the question remains, is Kylo Ren to be redeemed? Can he be redeemed? Should he be redeemed? And for me, and this is a me thing, I always go back to the idea that if he is, it should come at a great sacrifice, his own sacrifice. Uh, I, I, I like that idea. I'm not much for theories. You know, we speculate responsibly here at Force Center, but uh, that one just kind of that, that plays out well for me. And I do like the idea of Kylo getting redeemed. It's hard for me to turn my back completely on that. The reason I like the idea of Kylo just doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on his evil is Luke kind of says, hey, I'm not here to save him. I'm here to destroy him. I'm here to kind of, you know, stand up to him, Leia. Leia's like, I know my son's gone. Now, Luke does say, hey, no one is really ever gone, and we, we focus on that line because it's basically Mark Hamill talking to Carrie Fisher, who we know has passed on. So I think we took it a little different. But I think in context of the story, just as the story plays, it is weird that, you know, Luke is here to make a final stand against Kylo. And then we know what it was, a little bit of a trickery. And then to have Leia kind of agree, yeah, I don't think, I think my son's gone. I think to honor that, I like the idea of Kylo staying, staying evil. But I, I think Luke's right. No one is ever really gone. And the case in point for that is Darth Vader. And Luke's got personal experience. And I think sometimes what I read into, what I like to believe is going on in that moment, is you got Luke, you got Leia. And maybe they're, they're not the ones that can do it. They are not the ones that can save Kylo Ren. Han Solo was not the one. They might be part of that journey, but it might fall into someone else's shoulders. Yes, I'm talking about Wicket. No, it could be Ray, or it could be related to Ray. We would hope so. We would think so, because it's kind of their story right now. They are the two main protagonists. So that's where I go to, but Luke's got the experience because everyone in the world, and that's, and that's the, 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 the play. That's the, what's going on with Ray and Luke. 
Ray's like, I'm going to go save Kylo. And he's like, I, I know what you're talking about. I know how wrong that can go, but I also know you can be right. But I also, I just, in this case, you don't know what you're dealing with. It would be interesting. And in ways there, there was, you know, there was Yoda and Ben kind of telling Luke, you're going to have to go confront Vader. Kill your father. Kill your father. And Luke's like, I got this belief. I got this belief that there's still good in him. Crazy, I know. He did have a t- over 20-year reign of terror. Vader did a lot of bad things. Even just in the movies alone, we could say, eh, he might not, be, might not be a good guy. Might, might, might not want to see him redeemed. It'd be interesting if that was the question we're asking right now, going into Return of the Jedi. After Empire Strikes Back, is Darth Vader telling the truth about being Luke's father, and can Darth Vader be redeemed? No, he killed everyone. They blew up the Alderaan. He was part of that. Yeah, you know, those are all valid things. So, let's look at the redemption of Darth Vader and what goes on inside his brain. I love, and I'm just going to be doing a lot of reading here. Apologies to James Kahn. And, uh, you know, Valentine Del Rey released this book in 83. I'm just reading this without their expressed written consent or that of the commissioner of Major League Baseball. The Emperor is shooting those force lightning bolts. You know, that new force power we learned in Return of the Jedi. No one seemed to question. We just accepted that it existed. Uh, The Emperor hissed maliciously. At that instant, Vader sprang up and grabbed the Emperor from behind, pinning Palpatine's upper arms to his torso. Weaker than he'd ever been, Vader had lain still these last few minutes, focusing his every fiber on being on this one concentrated act. The only action possible, his last, if he failed which means there might have been a thought in Vader's mind that he would survive this. Ignoring pain, ignoring his shame and his weakness, ignoring the bone-crushing noise in his head, he focused solely and sightlessly on his will, his will to defeat the evil embodied in the Emperor. I love uh, going off the off the script here. I, I love when he tosses the Emperor in there. I've always, ever since I was a kid, I just I totally believe that that explosion, that energy, and that scream is evil escaping the Emperor. Palpatine struggled, as we continue to read, in the grip of Vader's unfeeling embrace, his hands still shooting bolts of uh, malign energy out in all directions. In his wild flailing, the lightning ripped across the room, tearing into Vader. The Dark Lord fell again, electric currents crackling down his helmet over his cape into his heart. Vader stumbled with his load to the middle of the bridge over the black chasm leading to the power core. He held the wailing despot high over his head and with a final spasm of strength, hurled him into the abyss. What a beautiful words there. Palpatine's body still spewing bolts of lightning, spun out of control into the world, bouncing back and forth off the sides of the shaft as it fell. It disappeared at last, but then a few seconds later, a distant explosion could be heard far down in the core. A rush of air billowed out the shaft into the throne room. He does describe the wind. The wind whipped at Vader's cape and he staggered, but nothing uh, saying that it's uh, that it's evil, evil wind. <laughs> so that is the actual act. Vader's last act. And I really love that description. This is where novels, you know, we know, we know. Uh, the book uh, the book was better than the movie. Uh, we could uh, get inside the character's head. I love the description. I've never really thought about, even though I read this young, this is why I've been going back to this novel, because I, I just kind of don't factor a lot of this stuff into my, my brain when talking about Star Wars. 
the fact that the lightning just, the force lightning just ripped through Vader. And what it must have done to Mace Windu. And, and, and now to have this, this poetic circle here, that Star Wars poetry of what Anakin saw happen to Mace. Do I think Mace could have survived his fall? I do not. I do not. Did I think Darth Maul could survive? No, and that story turned out well. So, hey, if you want to bring, bring Mace Windu back, Sam Jackson would be happy, and I'm open to any, any story that lays in front of me. But this is what was happening to Mace. His arm cut off by Anakin, and then the Emperor's lightning, all that infamous power, unlimited power, exploding into Mace Windu, destroying destroying his body, going to his heart, going to his head, the crushing of the bones, the crunching sound in Vader's helmet. Oh, my. It is powerful to read, to see what Vader has gone through. He's not just making this decision. He's going through this horrific death, a death that he deserves in many ways, but he's willing to walk through that fire to save his son, to kill his emperor, to kill his master. Powerful stuff. Violent. It doesn't look like that in Return of the Jedi. I mean, it looks like it. You see Vader's skull. You see all of it. You, you know he's not feeling good. I think as a kid, too, I think I always thought, and we're talking when I was seven or eight when I saw this, he takes that mask off, and I'm thinking, oh, that lightning did that to him. Uh, and I'm sure there might have been some damage, but uh turns out no. Um, then I read the novel just a few weeks later. It was like, oh, he fell into molten lava. I can't wait to see that in 2005. Uh, I don't want to read word for word, but I think there is some wonderful stuff. And I've always believed, and I've mentioned this other places, some of the stuff here, some of those beautiful writing in Star Wars, I think. I could be a bit melodramatic myself. But hey, you know what? Game recognizes game. All right, so... In the minds of the supper, Luke had made it somehow to the main docking bay, where he was trying to carry the hulking dead weight of his father's weakening body toward an Imperial shuttle. We go on. Luke rested his father on the ground, trying to collect strength one last time. His explosions grew louder around him. I've always been fascinated with the idea that, as this is happening, stormtroopers and Imperial officers are looking at the man they could probably... Hey, isn't that, isn't that Darth Vader being drugged lifelessly through the, uh, the hangar? All right, we're just going to let that go. We got to get out of here. Ah, yes. Sparks hissed in the rafters. One of the walls buckled and smoke poured through a gaping fissure. The floor shook. Vader motioned Luke closer to him. Luke, help me take this mask off. Luke shook his head. You'll die. The Dark Lord's voice was weary. Nothing can stop stop that. Now, just once, let me face you without it. Let me look on you with my own eyes. That is key to me because I think Lucas comes back to that idea in Revenge of the Sith when that mask comes on. The mask comes off many other times in his life, we know. But that is, to me, the last moments of Anakin Skywalker until now. Luke was afraid, afraid to see his father as he really was, and afraid to see the person who could have become so dark the same person, person who fathered Luke and Leia, afraid to know the Anakin Skywalker who lived inside Darth Vader. Vader, too, was afraid to let his son see him, to remove this armored mask that had been between them so long, the black armored mask that had been his only means of existence for over 20 years. 
have been his voice and his breath and his invisibility, his shield against all human contact. I always say to my, Anakin was a prisoner inside there and that Anakin was fighting Vader for 20 years to try to get out. But now he would remove it, for he would see his son before he died. Together they lifted the heavy helmet from Vader's head inside the mask portion. A complicated breathing apparatus had to be disentangled. A speaking modulator and view screen detached from the power unit in the back. But then the mask was finally off and set aside, and Luke gazed on his father's face. It was sad. The sad, benign face of an old man. Bald, beardless, with a mighty scar running from the top of his head to the back of his scalp. He had unfocused, deep-set, deep dark eyes, and his skin was pasty white. For not seeing the sun in two decades. And I think that tracks. He takes his mask off. He's always inside, right? Uh, unless by accident. The old man smiled weakly. Tears glazed in his eyes now. For a moment, he looked not too unlike Ben. Interesting, they still refer to him as Ben. Not Obi-Wan. It was a face full of meanings that Luke would forever recall. Regret, he saw most plainly, and shame. Memories could be seen flashing across it. Memories of rich times and horrors and love, too. It was a face that hadn't touched the world in a lifetime, in Luke's lifetime. He saw the wizened nostrils twitch as they tested a first tentative smell. He saw the head tilt imperceptibly to listen for the first time without electronic auditory amplification. Luke felt a pang of remorse that the only sounds now to be heard were those of explosions. The only smells, the pungent sting of electrical fires. Still, it was a touch palpable, unfiltered. Vader is coming. Uh, Vader's going away, I should say. Anakin's coming back to life. I love the description that everything he's seen and hearing is now his to hear. He saw the old eyes focus on him. Tears burned Luke's cheeks, fell on his father's lips. His father smiled at the taste. It was a face that had not seen itself in 20 years. Vader saw his son crying and knew it must have been at the horror of the face the boy beheld. It intensified momentarily. Vader's own sense of anguish. Here it is, his redemption, what he feels about it. Vader's own sense of anguish to his crimes. Now he added guilt at the imagined repugnance of his appearance. But then this brought him to mind, to mind of the way he used to look, striking and grand, with a wry tilt to his brow and that hint, hinted of invincibility and took in all of life with a wink. Yes, that that was how he looked once. His memory brought a wave of other memories with it, memories of brotherhood and home, his dear wife, the freedom of deep space, Obi-Wan. Even then, all right, Lucas had someone in mind for Anakin. It wasn't just some miraculous birth. It wasn't some fling, Vader having uh, Anakin having uh, people in every port. No, no. There was love. There was family. There was something that Vader had lost. Obi-Wan, his friend, and how that friendship had turned. Turned, he knew not how, but got injected nonetheless with some uncaring uh, virulence that festered until hold. These were memories he wanted none of, not now. Memories of molten lava crawling up his back. No, this boy had pulled him from the pit here now with this act. This boy was good. I love this idea. It is so beautiful to me. That Anakin has been in that pit, that molten lava and the abyss for 20 years. Obi-Wan may have left him there and helped put him there because he needed to, and Obi-Wan did what he had to do. But Anakin has been on that shore ever since. And here is Luke now, 
pulling him up from it. The boy was good, and the boy had come from him. So there must have been good in him, too. He smiled up again at his son and for the first time loved him. And for the first time in many long years, loved himself again as well. Suddenly he smelled something, flared his nostrils, sniffed once more. Wildflowers. That was what it was. Just blooming. It must be spring. And there was thunder. He cocked his head, strained his ears. Yes, spring thunder for a spring rain to make the flowers bloom. Yes, there. He felt a raindrop on his lips. He licked the delicate droplet. But wait, it wasn't sweet water. It was salty. It was a teardrop. He focused on Luke once again and saw his son was crying. Yes, that was it. He was tasting his boy's grief because he looked so horrible because he was so horrible. But he wanted to make it all right for Luke. He wanted Luke to know he wasn't really ugly like this, not deep inside, not altogether. With a little self-deprecatory smile, he shook his head at Luke, explaining away the unsightly beast his son saw. Luminous beings are we, Luke, not this crude matter. Luke shook his head, too, to tell his father it was all right, to dismiss the old man's shame, to tell him nothing mattered now and everything. But he couldn't talk. Vader spoke again, even weaker, almost inaudible. Go, my son, leave me. At that, Luke found his voice. No, you're coming with me. I'll not leave you here. I've got to save you. You already have, Luke, he whispered. He wished briefly he had met Yoda to thank the old Jedi for the training he'd given Luke. But perhaps he'd be with Yoda soon, now in the ethereal oneness of the Force and with Obi-Wan. Father, I won't leave you, Luke protested. Explosions jarred the docking bay in earnest, crumbling one entire wall, splitting the ceiling. A jet of blue flame shot from a gas nozzle nearby. Just beneath it, the floor began to melt. Vader pulled Luke very close, spoke into his ear. Luke, you were right. And you were right about me. Tell your sister you were right. And with that, he closed his eyes. And Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, died. So... Those words, and, and the tears of Luke stayed with me my entire fandom. When I, again, read, the, read this book at seven. It's just always part of the story, but I, I had forgot the, I just forgot how powerful this section was. And when we talk about the redemption of Darth Vader, it, it came with a cost. And keep in mind, the, the galaxy didn't know. Luke doesn't come off that Death Star saying, it's all right. Uh, Darth Vader saved the day and uh, he's good so don't worry about the last 20 years uh, he's good to go yeah I heard he killed some younglings it's alright he's a good guy now um, that didn't happen Claudia Gray's bloodline deals with the fallout from people just then learning six or so years before the events of The Force Awakens that Leia was related to Vader they sat on it they needed to I think there had to be some purpose to that, too. If you're forming the new republic, it might be, and I'm spitballing here, might be detrimental to the formation of this new republic. If you're like, hey, uh, the emperor's gone, you know, Masamate is locked up in the tower, that's fine. We, we get uh, imperial forces spreading throughout the galaxy. The Emperor, yeah, we hate him. Tear down all those posters and statues. Ah, the Vader guy, don't worry about him. He actually is good. I think that might mess up the process. I think they had to sit on it. I'm sure at some point Luke sits down and tells Leia everything. I'm sure she tells Han, and I'm sure Han probably mentions it to Chewie. They all tell R2, and then R2 keeps it secret. No one tells 3PO. 
Uh, maybe, maybe Luke sits down with 3PO and goes, hey, um, you know, dad, uh, dad missed you. He had good times as a kid. He told me. Swear it. Swear it. He told me. But I think they have to sit on that information. And that is also part of uh, the redemption of Vader not being uh, clean cut and as simple, especially as he thought maybe growing up like I did. It wasn't a big medal ceremony, and there's the ghost party over there, and everyone waved to uh, Sebastian Shaw because Anakin's good again. He was good to the Force. He was accepted back. Lucas says that. That's uh, why Lucas just Lucas's justification for putting Hayden in there, uh, which I'm okay with to a point. I I love the Sebastian Shaw Anakin, uh, um, you know, but it doesn't. You know, he ages fast, much like Obi Wan in the desert. There, all right, I get it, but I like. Uh, I can get behind Lucas's idea that the Force took Anakin back at his, his last true point, you know, the last point that he was Anakin. Um, I can get behind all that. Uh, it doesn't bog me down. I think I have more problem with Ewoks blinking. I don't even have that much of a problem with it other than, okay, I can, it's, they, they blink now. Yay. We still got Jedi rocks. Anyways, I digress. That's more for Star Wars counseling. It's not all simple. It's not all Force Ghost Party. Uh, Vader, Vader's name was not redeemed. That's part of his redemption process as well, is what I'm trying to say here. It wasn't all crimes are wiped away. His name, his reputation still had to answer for the terror. Now, it's interesting to note, they play around with this idea. The acolytes of Beyond, which spring up almost right away in Wendig's Aftermath series, Kylo Ren himself with the burnt mask and the worshipping of, of his grandfather. Twisted for sure, but would that have been different if everyone knew the whole story? Now, I wonder what we'll find out with Kylo. I still think there could be something. I'd be interested to hear something where Kylo worships Vader and someone says, well, here's what, here's what actually happened. Here's what you might be finishing what he started, he actually, his thing was to destroy the Sith. You know, you know, I don't know, and maybe that did. It seems to me the, the mistake Han and Leia may have made was just kind of shipping them off to Uncle Luke. That's not a mistake, I get that. But then not really telling him. He finds out that's kind of in bloodline. I think that contributes to a little bit what's going on. That might allow Snoke to get in there. Oh, yeah, you didn't know. Your grandfather was one of the greatest Sith of all time. Oh, they kept that from you. Come over here. I got a good gold bathrobe. Trust me. But maybe Kylo did know that. Maybe maybe Ben, Ben Solo, has explained, hey, guess what? Here's the truth, the whole truth about who he was. You can hear a lot of things in public, but here's what it might mean. Here's what the truth is, though, actually. And then maybe that messes up Ben in another way. I'm curious. That is something. I don't know if we'll get that. Answer. I don't know if Nine has the time, even if it's long, but there's a lot of people in that cast. I'm not going into episode nine having all these little questions answered. I just don't think you can. And that's, that's, not, that's not just tempered expectations. It's just, I think, the reality. I think a little bit that's what happened in 8, too. Uh, forget the big debate about 8. That, that's what I'm talking about. But just like the story's going. The story's moving. Even if it had started years later, you know, you, you don't have the time to sit down and explain a ton of stuff. Sometimes it comes down to a Rick O'Lead line of exposition. That's why he's there, uh, you know. Um, so I don't think we're going to have a ton of time. I could be wrong. I don't think of a ton of time where Kylo Ren's going to sit down 
with the ghost of Anakin or sit down with Ray or the ghost of Luke and or, or sit across from his mother and say, hey, you know, even if they could uh, with the te- technology and what the footage they have with Carrie, maybe they could maybe they could work it around. But I don't expect Kylo to be sitting there going, oh, so that's what that's what Vader really was. Got it. Good. But here's how he affected me. So all that factors in. There's consequences to what Vader did. He is redeemed, but it is not really known. So therefore, his legacy of evil still sort of exists. Now, even if it had been cleared, people, people turn things around. Look at we in the digital media age. Things can be turned around, used for your own designs. You know? So that is part of it. It wasn't this full redemption for Darth Vader. And what this novel really, really highlights is the pain, the anguish, the shame he isn't just, oops, sorry, yeah, did some things. He's not happy. He's not dying peacefully. He's dying. His last moments might feel like peace and sound like peace, and I think there was some peace there. I think it comes later on the other plane. But I think Anakin died painfully. Anakin died Shamed, and it says finally in the end he loves himself. So that's there. Let's be clear. There's some peace there. But read that again. Listen to that again. There's a lot going on. He knows everything that he has done is there in front of his mind, in front of his eyes. He knows what he did. Sores Bandim being killed. Mastanic, and there's too many of them. Vader remembers that. All the things we're seeing in the comics, Vader remembers that. It's there. It's in his brain. He dies with that. In dying, he perhaps fulfills the prophecy of the Chosen One. That's what Lucas says, and that is the creator, and that is the answer. Um, Lucas says very clearly, He's the chosen one, even while he is with, uh, while he is Vader. He's just, just the process. It also speaks to carrying the story, story out, and we're all on a journey. And I love that. And that might be what Luke means: with no one is ever really gone. Sometimes there's people in your life, family, even people close to you, causing problems. Sometimes. You have to realize you cannot change them. It's going to have to happen some other way, some other person, some other circumstance. No one has ever really gone, but you might be the one there to confront them at that time. And maybe confronting them and defeating them somehow is part of that journey. You must do what you must do. I think that's what Obi-Wan goes through. I think he feels bad. I think that's what's in his mind, one of the many things in his mind for 20 years. I, I, I guess I destroyed my friend. I, I turned my back on him. I didn't even have the decency to kill him. I don't know why I didn't, but it turns out it's all part of Vader's journey. It's all part of Anakin's journey. And all of it leads to this wonderful moment by James Cod. Wonderful description of the final moments of Anakin's life. The tears of Luke dripping down. I love, I love that Anakin is uh, picturing wildflowers and thunder in the distance. In my head now, you know, it'd be so interesting if he if he said it clearly. But in my head, that's Naboo. 
in my head, I picture him. I think he is he is rolling around with Padme on the on the hills in Naboo, and then the, the rain starts falling, but it's Luke's tears. What a beautiful moment! There is peace. There is redemption there for Darth Vader, there for Anakin Skywalker, but it comes with a great cost. And as we look towards Star Wars in 2019 and Kylo Ren and his possible redemption, I'm hearing a lot of the same things. No, Kylo's done bad things. Starkiller base, he didn't do anything to stop it. I always get the sense that Kylo wasn't super pleased with it, but that's my interpretation of it. Could be wrong. But he kills Han Solo. He kills a lot of people. Uh, that mask we know from J.J., he plumps down, plops it down in the, the, the ashes. That's the ashes of his other victims. Uh, the Tunal Village, Lor Santeca. Kylo's done some bad things. So I get, I get behind uh, the idea of Kylo is not redeemable. And he definitely wasn't redeemable in 8. And at that point, and Luke was not going to be the one Leia was not going to be the one. We, we think Ray might be the one. But that redemption, if it follows the Star Wars story, will come with a giant cost. And I hope in the end there'll be some peace for Ben Solo, just like there was some peace for Anakin Skywalker. That is Spotlight Star Wars for right now and for 2018. We'll be back at it. No in memoriam, no listener memory. This is old school. Hope you guys appreciate it. If you have your thoughts, you can reach out to me on Twitter. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. That's what we do. More of that stuff and how to find us on the way out. But that is it. Thank you for being a supporter of Force Center in 2018. Much more to come. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening to Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and follow Ken online, including Twitch, at Ken Knapsack. Consider supporting Force Center on Patreon at patreon.com slash forcecenter. Go to forcecenterpod.podomatic.net for more information and use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to join the conversation. Until next time, this has been Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.